Episodes. So on top of the normal podcast schedule that you're used to with the Steve Dangle podcast, you're also going to get five reaction uh, podcasts available now, obviously video and audio. And we're going to release these over the next five days, coinciding with All or Nothing on Amazon. So these are bonus episodes. That's that's right. These are all bonus episodes. I didn't know I had to do more. Yeah, you do. Damn. And we're in it right now. Where this is the first of five. We well, now we're committed. Of, yeah. Now we got to do it. It's all go. or nothing. <laughs> oh, See, ooh. Ooh. These are great. These are very good. All right, now, now before <laughs> before we before you even talk about watching the first episode, I want to know, as my therapist says, I want to know how you feel. So you start the first episode, or you're about to start the first episode. What is the feeling that you have before you press play? Well. There are no irrational fears. Every fear that you have heading into episode one is rational because you know how it ends. Sort of like a scary movie. Nothing uh, ever goes perfectly fine. Right. And you see where it could go well. Yeah. And then, oh no, the car runs out of gas. Oh. And, then, and there's that spooky house. We got to go to the spooky house to to get gas. Oh, now we got to walk 46 miles to the closest gas station and... Yes, so that's there's very much that feeling. Right. So uh, I liked the way that it started um, because it really showed, at very least, the Leafs organization has has identified an issue here. Hold on. What? That's not what I asked you. <laughs> I asked how you felt. Oh. Uh, ready to be heard again. Okay. Oh, right. Wow. There it is. I knew going there into it, is. it, I knew that I was going to be happy no matter what happened. Watching the show, I knew I was going to be happy. Why? Because Hap I was, I'm going to get a look at a bunch of guys, hockey players that I never see this up close and personal. Right. Like I'm going to see, oh, this hockey player is talking candidly to me. He's not just sitting there in a Zoom call with Chris Johnston being like, you know, we uh, didn't get our puck. Uh, we didn't get the puck out of the corner enough. Got to win uh, the battles. We got to win the battles. Now I get to I get to go watch Himes and Simmer. Didn't know those are those their nicknames. I can yep. see Himes and Simmer interact in the locker room. And just seeing that as a super fan of hockey, as everybody I assume watching this doc is, yep. just that alone makes me happy. You know, it brings a little joy. I get to see this guy in his it's real element. joy. Yeah, it's okay. joy. Now well, I'm I'm asking you this, and Jess, you got to keep time on this because we're we're stuck on a 30 minute clock for each of these episodes. All okay? right, it's gotta got to be exactly 30 minutes. We got 28 minutes. 28 to go. minutes to go. <laughs> Before Steve foreshadowed something there that we will come back to time and time and time again. Yes. But what I loved at the beginning of this, when we we start pressing play, is it immediately as a non-Leaf fan will put you in the seat of being a Leaf fan. Mm -hmm. They go through the numbers. 1967. What is it? Seventeen years since they won a a playoff, won a playoff series, series. Yeah. and like they tease some like pretty like they show Jack Campbell crying, like in in the first like couple minutes. John Tavares and 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 you know how he was on the ice after the Corey Perry accidental knee. Yeah, there's there's so many. Uh, I feel like so much got lost in the end of the season. Um, that you forget all the significant moments. And I mean, I don't think there's a moment from this past season I want to know more about uh, than that. 
um, to have behind the scenes access to that and how uncomfortable I'm sure that's going to be. Um, but then also like the, just the, the, those little clips, the foreshadowing, the, what is Rasmus Sandin doing behind the wheel of a race car? <laughs> <laughs> like all these, I want to, I want to know about that. Um, uh, did you see when you saw the, uh, uh, the house, you know that famous house in Toronto with all the Leafs gear out front, and they're they're the fans yes. that are mentioned. Yes. In. And by the way, Steve's in this several times. Yeah, you're in the first like ninety seconds yeah, yeah, of cool. the series. I was very surprised. How, <laughs> oh wow! Oh, there's, there's, they wasted no time. Here yeah. I am. <laughs> but it's sort of perfect that you're up there with like that 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 thing. And then actually, my girlfriend would said to me, "Can we go see that house? Because I really want to see that yeah. house. And I think it's in the West End somewhere. Um, but I, you know, it's it's a it, you forget sometimes as as you said, Steve the amount of boo, 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 like details that happened in that last playoff series mm-hmm. that you know we all we think about now is that they didn't win but it's that road that that got us there and i think so we, we you know this this the whole thing starts and they they context being a leaf fan so if you're outside of toronto and it will and arnett they, does a great job he's a great like, you have to get a leaf fan to narrate this yes because he understands yes it's it's one thing to just say the words and pretend like you understand. He gets it. Right. And I think when there's, you know, as any good documentary does, they're setting up the main characters. Right. And who are the two yeah. main characters in this team, in this entire series? Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas. Yep. They're the stars of the show. And I like that. I like that for the reason that, you know, you see these guys, you know, what is it? Dubas does, what, four interviews a year? If that. Yeah. Right. Like he does like, it's like training camp mid season after season. And then like, I don't know, free agency. Yeah. July 1st. Right. Um, Keith is in front of that camera all the time. And the thing, and and you see this kind of come up later, you think about the bad losses they have and he's got to go on camera and be composed. Mm -hmm. And you do get that sort of sense of, he probably wants to just say, screw it. Throw everything in the air and walk out of the room. Because he's right? a quiet, yeah. he's a quiet interview, and right in the teaser, it's him tearing paint off the wall. <laughs> I, I, I yes. fell in love with Sheldon Keefe during this series. Really, like, it's it's unbelievable. He seems like such a passionate coach, and like he's in the first episode, he says like I'm trying to establish Stan- Stanley Cup habits. Like that, that's the quote there. That's that's foreshadows the entire thing. It's he he says he doesn't look at the results. Like the Leafs, the Leafs, they come out. On fire, first tens of game of the first ten games of the season, but he sees it. He sees what's wrong with the offense. And what there. does he see? He he sees them not being able to to win games um, convincingly. Like it, it's the they get this lead and then they allow the other team to come back and it's never they they don't put it away ever. It's just kind of hey, we're gonna play this regular season hockey where we can just outscore you. And he knows that's not gonna work when the when the regular season is done when the postseason comes. And we can see that. We can see that, and the Leafs can see that. They're not yeah. stupid. Yeah, but the players, the players don't want to hear that, and he tries to just smash it into their brains because yeah. they don't want to hear, "Hey, you're winning the wrong way." No, the, uh, Matthews is like, "Look at the look at the scoreboard. Like we're 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 off to a hot start. We're first in the division. Mm-hmm. What do you mean we're not playing right? We we won, you know." So so Keith just identifying that it was just seeing that I'm like, "Oh, this guy gets it," and and it's about changing the mindset. <laughs> Which is why I like that the first player they really focused in on is a guy who they brought in to do just that with Joe Thornton. Actually, the, the first chick- guy's Wayne. Chickens. Oh, the first, oh, yeah, first, first guy's guy. Wayne. But go to the Joe part because since you're on it, I mean, 
Well, Joe, like I, what I remember with Joe, sorry, it's hard to remember the exact order of everything, but with, with Joe, the fun he was having, uh, even in practice and oh, this offense is fun. This is having the buck is fun. Scoring's fun. That guy's a big personality. Yes, but he, that's what he was there for. He's there to get everyone feeling great. Loose. What did you think of the scene of him in the car listening to Burke? Oh, say that that they didn't need him. That they didn't. They oh. they should have went to the grocery store oh. and got something they needed instead of something just for fun. You know what did I you think about, of that? Scene? I remember talking about that exact interview on this show and thinking. I, I remember we said that, and and I think at the time we all thought the Thornton thing was a good idea for the reason that the Leafs brought him in was that he was going to keep things loose. But listening, seeing him hear that, and then just laughing about it, like wow, that was that's one of those things where you you think. You forget sometimes that, yeah, people are going to hear this. You see that there was a mission the whole time. Because I remember being like, oh, yeah, like maybe he'll be, I don't know, he can help out on the power play and be like, I don't know, maybe fourth line center. And then we find out, nope, first line (laughs) left wing. Yeah. (laughs) Beg beg your actual pardon. And he played well enough at the beginning. And obviously we can get into the injury in a bit. But there's a couple other guys in that, you know, the first 10 minutes is really about establishing um, the fan perspective, which is it's been a while. Then it's Dubas and Keefe talking about uh-huh. the kind of team they want to do. And then after that, it gets into three people. Obviously, they, they do a little bit of background on Sheldon Keefe and his playing career. And we that's well documented. Go ahead. And I just want to say when Dubas and Keefe, when they're doing their intro and they're like, I, I wrote down the quote because he said, I talked to him more than anyone in my life. And I wrote next to it, Adam and Steve. Because <laughs> Adam, you especially, uh, I was like, oh, Dubas, I get it. I, I understand That's... that. Where, where your your work partner yes. is someone you see more than I saw. I had for the last seven years, I've seen you more than like my family. Yes. Like legitimately, I've had more conversations with you than everybody in my life. Yep. I was like, Dubas and Keith, I understand their relationship. Yes. So it was very nice to see that inside. It's a, there's an, <laughs> theirs is an athletic partnership. Ours is a creative partnership. Right. And, and I, and, and you know, that's the thing is that like Jesse, I rely on heavily for just about everything. And I, so I, I got that too. I felt yeah. like I was like, man, I, I get it. Because there's certain people that you just click with and that's just it. And yeah. that's what it's always been with the three of us. And mm-hmm. Jesse and I obviously have had the radio thing as well for the for the longest time. Um and so so when that is that <laughs> Anyways, is a really interesting point, Jesse. There, yeah. I love that. <laughs> so then so then they get into to Wayne Simmons. And I love that they did this because it's the local angle. It's the kid coming home and he's not a kid anymore, he's our age. We grew <laughs> right. up together. Yeah. Um uh but you know, the first thing they show is him dropping the gloves with Ben Sherratt. Um, uh, in Montreal, which I called. Remember, we were talking about like predicting what's going to be in the series. And the the number one moment from Game One of the series was not Riley's overtime winner because the game goes to overtime. And I remember sitting there watching uh, Episode One, going, "I don't remember who scored this goal." <laughs> I I had no idea who yeah. won it, but I remembered the Leafs were down three one when Wayne Simmons fought Ben Sherratt. Right. And that's, they had to highlight it because that was the story coming out of that game. That the guy they brought in for that exact reason did it, did his job perfectly, mm-hmm. and they ended up winning. And yeah. everybody in the locker room loved it. That was of the talk. They did. That's what everybody was saying. Simmer fought. Yeah. I mean, imagine playing in the league, not having Wayne Simmons on your team, and then you do. Imagine that feeling. It's one thing if you're new or a rookie or something, but you have to play against this guy 
Oh my god. That's the thing. Think Even of what now, a chore playing against Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons at his peak would have been the worst to go up against. But and now he's on your team. Yeah, but like even now, he's not a fun guy to play against. No. And and later on in the documentary, you see Wayne Simmons go, like, you see what, what it's actually like every day, game in, game out. Mm-hmm. And it's the kind of intensity where, you know, you, you see it on Leafs Twitter from time to time. People are like, ah, he's superfluous. We're not really sure we need him. Um, you do need a guy like that. One one thing I remember Sheldon Keefe saying at some point in the season, because remember, Simmons uh, uh, fractures his wrist. And what he said he noticed the difference was uh, with him out of the lineup was how quiet the bench was. Interesting. He makes it loud. Yeah. He makes it loud and he's always talking, talking, talking. And he, Thornton is, it's that you don't see too much interaction between the two, but Thornton is very clearly brought in to be good cop. Mm-hmm. He's loosey goosey, good cop. Simmons is brought in to give you a kick in the ass when you need it. He's the bad cop. I like that. Yeah, and it's a shame that they both <clears throat> spent time on uh, IR. Yeah, it, like uh, almost right away. Right. was unbelievable at the beginning, and then he came back, and it just never materialized again. And same with Thornton. Mm-hmm. And the injury like, bug injuries. was, yeah, hey, are you clicking? Time for you to go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, are you heating up? Time for you to go. 100%. And, uh, and- Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So then they get into the montage with Shanahan. And they show some of his Detroit stuff. Because that was really when Shanahan was at his peak. I mean, he had some great years in New Jersey. But no one remembers because New Jersey wasn't very good. It was the Christmas tree jersey. People forget what an animal he was. He was. That that stat... The um the only player in NHL history with six hundred plus goals yeah. and two thousand plus penalty minutes. Yeah, and they show him going to the box with a with a bleeding nose and like and the beard and the beard <laughs> yeah. the shanty beard. Wild, <laughs> absolutely wild. And uh, and it's so funny because every time you see Brandon Shanahan now, he's like this calm, collected mm-hmm. CEO of a man. Mm-hmm. But boy, when he was and and I, I honestly I turned to my girlfriend at that point and I said, God, isn't he just the guy they need? Oh, yeah. Like, could he not find it in his heart to get back on the treadmill and, and get on the ice? <laughs> oh, you mean on the Shanny. ice? Yeah. I thought, I thought him, you meant to lead the can, team. Can he just put the skates back on a That's little bit? I thought you meant to. Yeah, I thought you meant no. as a leader. Oh, no, no. I want him to get on the ice and play. Because that, that montage that they put together gets you so hyped up. Like, right. imagine how much fun it was to be a Detroit Red Wings fan at the end of the 90s. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. And that's – he's not even – like, he's one of the best players – Fedorov, Iserman, Lidstrom, Larionov. Uh, who else you want to? Who else you want to name? It was unbelievable. That's the thing with his his legacy is so interesting because I I think of him as an extremely good player, mm-hmm. but I don't think of him in that tier. 
And what screws it up is because he was on those Red Wings teams. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's not because he wasn't in that tier. He absolutely was. He was, but he also played with the best players of all time. Yes. Yeah. Eisenman, top 10 scorer of all time. Uh, A tremendous leader. All those cups. Fedorov didn't quite have the same longevity, but he won a heart trophy. And he was, he was the leader of the Russian five and just what a, what a murderer's row of players. Oh, it's unbelievable. And then, and you got to deal with all those guys on a night in night out basis and hopping over the boards. Once they're done as Shanahan, are you friggin' kidding me? That'd be painful. That's again, that's a guy you don't want to play against. No. And so, and okay. So about 20 minutes in, after they lose the game to the Oilers, mm-hmm. opening opening oh. night, right? They lose that. Yeah, yeah. The one thing that struck me, above all else, that was important, is how ugly Kyle Dubas's office is. What? <laughs> that's, that's what you're focusing on? <laughs> that's exactly what my wife said. I wanted to I talk about Austin calling out his head coach. He's the ugliest office. Austin I've Matthews ever seen. calls out his head coach, and you go, you know, <laughs> that guy's office. What? Bro, <laughs> that's what I thought. I'm like, is this. Look, okay, you see Shanahan's office, and it's painted. It's got this masculine, dark brown, black color, and he's got his father framed. And yeah. then Dubas, it's like every bathroom at a Scarborough hockey rink. Like, it's it literally, it's like, you know what? Uh, I'll take the room with the cinder blocks, please. Like, it's it's unbelievable. No I, like, exposed brick to be seen no, out of wild. No, and I guess that's in the master, or the, is it the Ford Performance Center now? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I thought so it was fine. No, no, what? it is fine, but they're a $1.5 billion organization yeah. or whatever it is. Okay. And his office is just a room. Yeah, it's like, ah, here here you go, and here's your Ikea desk, sir. What did you, you guys... sit on a diamond throne. Yeah. What did you guys... GM of the Leafs. 100%. What did you think of his cap-friendly chart that he keeps on the wall? Uh, with the magnets? The, the magnets of all the players cool. and the... And the little salary caps and where they're playing. This, this <laughs> that the inclusion of that is exactly the sort of thing I wanted to see out of this documentary. In in the very first bit of this five episode piece, we'll call it. I saw something in that little cat friendly board that made me go, "Am I supposed to be seeing this?" Mm-hmm. I really it. That's it felt why un- they did this, though, right? That's why it's so cool. And. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing that made me nervous is Sheldon Keefe going, okay, so how does this work? Like with the taxi squad and Dubas going, uh, this is how it works. I think. And I'm like, you think, and then Prit was there. Right. And he's like, uh, well, this is how it works. Yes. Thankfully yes. they have that guy in the room. Sheldon goes, Kyle, can I do this? Brandon, can we do this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can do this. Also, that is the first appearance. Actually, no, that that's not fair. The first five minutes, I believe you get a, um, a first look at, what is a stellar collection of uh, sweaters and cardigans by Kyle Dubas? Oh, I don't, if you see, see a cardigan, take a shot. Uh, like the he, things <laughs> you guys are focusing on. He's got and he's got glasses to match the cardigans. I'm like that. Those glasses match. The they cardigan. spent the office budget on cardigans. Ah, sure. that makes sense. They are warm and comfortable. There's no question. What did you think of Austin Matthews calling out? I'm sorry, but Keith we need to talk more about. Non- <laughs> he called. He says that they played McDavid incorrectly. Essentially, he said they played too defensive. There you go. That was too, it. Was they were too worried about shutting those two McDavid and Drysaddle down to win the game and play offensive, right? And then Keith goes to do. Dubis and I was like, Austin, he said this stuff in the media. Ooh. I'm upset. <laughs> he got he went full. And and so what's what's interesting about that is, you know, we would make nothing of that quote. Yeah. When we talk about that on the air on this show, we wouldn't think much about that quote. And our biggest complaint is always, man, these guys don't say anything. 
Well, so and I wouldn't says, have even looked at that as a coaching decision. I would have looked at that as a necessity. It's Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. Like, of course you played defensive with him right. on the ice. Right. So then, Dubas... So we meet in Dubas's ugly office, which is objectively <laughs> ugly with the magnets. <laughs> Come on, we could paint it a different what color. The trash it is, well, the office isn't great. And so, so then... So then they have this conversation. And what I loved about Keep is he goes up on ice and and sort of addresses it. Mm-hmm. And then he gets in front of the whole team and he goes, I know some of you were saying. <laughs> and if uh, I already addressed it with Austin, anybody else? And I was like, oh. It was so what? high school teacher of him and I loved it. Uh, oh, yeah. well, yeah. I mean, I think uh, you have to address that, yeah. right? You can't let that fester. <sighs> Ooh. There was a little bit of uh, there was a little bit of uh, private pile gets caught with the donut, so everyone has to do push-ups. Yes. Like it's that's that's what he was kind of threatening in that moment. But something I've 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 talked about in the past mm-hmm. is early on in a relationship, it's important to establish precedence. Of course, mm-hmm. um, if someone does something that annoys you for six months, mm-hmm. and you tell them six months in. You blow up at them. Oh, you always do this and it annoys me. You know whose fault it is? Yours. Because you didn't tell them who you were. Because you didn't tell them who you were. Now, Austin and Sheldon have known each other for quite some time now, but it all resets when the season begins. New, new players on the team. New players on the team. That is a coach establishing precedence. This will not stand. You're looking at offense and defense as two different things. We don't do that here. Stanley Cup winning habits do not, you don't go on the ice, do one, and then the next time you go on the ice and do the other. You do one and it leads to the other, right? And that's what dis- he's trying to and, say. And here's the thing do you disagree with anything he says? The, Sheldon? Yeah. Absolutely not. No, he's 100% right. And it, it was, to me, it was an example of Austin's a killer. Like he's unbelievable out there, he's one of the best players in the league. But that's a young quote. Interesting. Right? That's if, a coach. If Austin Matthews was 30 and captain, and he's asked the same question, how do you think he answers it? Uh, it's a lot better than that. Really? A lot better than that. Uh, and it's so funny, like what you said, Adam. We probably would have never made anything of that quote. We talked about but it meant the world to the guy he was calling out. As a fan, I didn't view it as him calling out anyone. I Putting myself no. in Sheldon Keefe's shoes, I could see how he would think that was pointed. Well, and maybe Sheldon Keefe's probably looking at this, and I, I think, Jesse, you're right. Or, sorry, Steve, you're right in the sense that it's like, no, we don't play one or the other. It's one leads to the other. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the ha- and the Stanley Cup habits and all of that, I do find it I- – I wondered if – and I wonder if as a coach you do this. Because the whole thing with coaching, I guess, at this level is you're not teaching these guys much. Right? It's like, do this. That do was, it. Do I think that was something we really saw. Like, right. The skills coaches, yeah, you work on your game. Like, those guys do that individually. Like, if you're a hockey player, you're always trying to get better. But as a coach at this level, you don't need to teach a guy anything. You're a world-class athlete. It's yeah. about getting you motivated and doing the right things in the right situations. That so next generation doesn't... game against Carolina a couple of years ago, uh, the spin pass Austin did to Mitch, that wasn't a set play. <laughs> they didn't do that in practice, no, right? right? There yeah. are like set plays there; they exist, but they're sure. there just for formulaic purposes to right. keep you in line. I just found it. I thought maybe Sheldon was looking for if you lose, right? 
if you're especially if you lose the first game and it's against the best player in the world, it's a big night. COVID's happened, all of that. Is Sheldon keep looking for something to go flag in the earth? Hmm. And does Austin inadvertently give him an opportunity to say flag in the earth? Best player on the team, probably the second or third best player in the league, mm-hmm. saying I think we did we played a little too much defense for a team known not to play great defense. Yeah, this is- I think that is like that's a perfect opportunity for a coach to go. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think as a coach, you look for those opportunities. Yes. Yes. That's that's an opportunity for you to be the coach. Right? Like, oh, that's God, what, what, a, what a freebie. Thank you for this. Thank you. He, he handed him a meal and Sheldon ate it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, let me ask you this. I guess you don't get to be a coach at that level and be intimidated by this, but are you not slightly intimidated by walking up to probably the best score, what could be the best goal score of our generation if he continues on this track and the best player on your team and saying, hey, you know that nefarious sentence that nobody paid attention to? Didn't like that. You answered it when you started the question. You don't get to this level yeah. of intimidated. Yeah, that, okay. that guy's not scared of anything. All right. These, these hockey guys, like I'm, I'm going to be here longer than you. I think, that's kind of the attitude. Well, no, you go I think Matthews it. might feel that way, but like, does <laughs> the coach feel that way? That's what I'm saying. From the coach's perspective, you're not a little intimidated. No, no. You got to be. You got to be wired no. different. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Well, that's why we're not coaching in the national. Yeah. That's your job. That, you're, not, that's one of many reasons. By your the way. job <laughs> is to tell the 11 million dollar guy to play defense. That's I, that's why we give you money, Sheldon. I go think, do it. I think winning and miles mm. um, earn you respect in the National Hockey League. And Austin doesn't have a lot of either. Interesting. For a guy who just won the Rocket, I yeah, know. Yeah. He could go down as the best Leaf in history yeah. when it's all said and done. Um, he's got, what is it, five seasons? He's got work to do. Under mm-hmm. his belt and no no playoff series wins. How much time do we have, Jess? Uh, you got about 10 minutes left. Okay, so we got to talk about a couple more things here. First off, I love the fact that they uh, – when they introduce the main characters in this story, which is what they're doing in this episode, clearly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Austin's got to be one of them. How do they do that? His parents. And so much about how we were introduced to him was through his parents as well. He wasn't an overly chatty guy, but he seemed like he had a personality. But the, you know, his heritage, you know, where his mom is from and him, his, his mom and dad, you know, talking about the fact that she barely spoke any English and he barely spoke any Spanish. And but they still fell in love, and they started off by oh yeah they're at a sniper range in Arizona, and they're just shooting stuff together as a couple as couples do, and I just I thought I'm like how characterizing and perfect and so outside of what Toronto is, and you and that's what they're trying to do right they're trying to show this guy comes out of Arizona, and like his parents didn't even really want him to play hockey right they were like. They were like, oh, really? You sure you don't want to play football or something else? Yeah. I, I like, like how they were like, oh, okay. Okay, I guess. And like, <laughs> I and, like the camcorder. Yes. <laughs> yes. And like world-class hockey player comes from a family that's like, eh, you have to? Is sure. that the sport? You want to Go baseball? Ahead. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, I love that. And and I, I just thought it was so great to see them in that. And they're such, 
the one thing we'll say, I mean, there'll be a lot of things we'll say, but like his parents are pretty, every time they're on camera, I'm like, I want more with his parents. Oh yeah. They're adorable. Like they could do an all or nothing on his parents reaction to everything <laughs> happening in the season. I would watch that. It's, it's such a interesting view as a Canadian because mm-hmm. it's especially in the GTA, like it's so bad now. Like kids are, they're being scouted at like, you know, Timbits games. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're three years old and, and all they're right. in, they're in development camps at four. Yeah. And, we, and, we, and throughout the summer. They we're have coaches. Yeah. And, and his, he, the best player in franchise history, potentially certainly the best goal scorer uh, is from a family who was like, yeah, okay. And they, and you they play hockey and couldn't guess. find real ice to play on, had to play on synthetic ice. It's, it's when he grew up. I wonder how many rinks exist in the state. Like, and I wonder how many more will exist because of Austin Matthews. Oh, many. Oh, that's good. Yeah. 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 So that, that and, part I thought was just, you know, whenever his parents are there, I, I just love them. I, I li- absolutely love them. I like to sh- shut my media brain off and only turn my fan brain on for these things. But the cinematography on the food in her kitchen oh. <laughs> made me oh. ravenous. And and they're talking about how he can't eat the food that they're making. Healthy. And I'm like, I... <gasps> and I'm like, neither can I. By I the way, that food doesn't screen. look all that unhealthy to me. I'm like, what do they eat if they can't... It's like protein and a little bit of salad. And I'm like, he's, he can't eat this. He's got to eat probably just green juice. It's probably that gross green juice, whatever... Nathan McKinnon calls him and goes, knock it off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're not my team, but knock it off. Chickpeas. (laughs) And now later on in the episode, you see Sheldon Keefe talking to the veterans a little bit. Mm -hmm. See him talking to uh, John Tavares and a little bit of, uh, you know, just a little bit of kind of passing things through. And you start to see the makeup of how a hockey team is, is, right? Because that, you know, they talk about what a captain is. And a captain's job is to kind of disseminate information to the players and be the go-between. And I understand now, I think better than any, why it had to be Morgan Riley or John Tavares to be the captain, right? Because, and I can only project myself onto this, at 23, 24, you're just not fully developed to the level that you are at 30. And I'm sure a lot of people, and and there have been other opportunities throughout this episode, I'm sure, where you go, but Jonathan Taze was 19 or whatever. Think of who he was surrounded by, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's that that famous thing of Brent Seabrook coming over and calming down his captain, Mm -hmm. right? Like, okay, yeah, you carry the mantle, but it's it's not just you. Yeah. You need more than one captain. Right. And and think about what, what they used to say about Sidney Crosby, right? You know, when he, when people used to be able to, that guy had a whack load of captains. You can look at, he lived with a captain. Well, Mario, Mark Recchi, uh, there was a a bunch of other, Sergey Gonchar, I think was on that team, the original team that won the cup. And, and, but you used to be able to get under Sidney Crosby's skin if you breathed in his direction. Now, no reaction. And there was a time where even though the team was clearly getting better and had the best player in the world, they made a lot of young mistakes. They did. When that veteran presence wasn't there. They yeah. they had to earn their stripes. They did. They did. And I I, uh, I found the conversation with Jason Spetz interesting as well. And there's a couple of times where you see that, where there's that conversation of, hey, just want to let you know. And there's, there is a point throughout where they say, like, he's just, he's like, I can't be the guy that's on him all the time. You have to kind of disseminate some of this information as well. If right. we're gonna be, and, and quote unquote, Stanley Cup winning habits are going to be an issue throughout this entire thing as you'll come to see if you haven't seen all the episodes yet. So Jesse, how much time we have left? Uh, you got about two minutes. Two minutes. So um, it sort of ends with kind of a great start with the Leafs. 
And you realize they wrote in front pretty much from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And they... It was a great start, but then he rouses off the list. He says, Mikheyev, Tavares, Kerfoot, Hyman combined for one even strength goal. And Keefe was not happy. No. No. And, uh, and then, of course, there's the final uh, where the I believe the Senators come back. <laughs> yeah. remember that <laughs> where that was, it's a five uh, to one game and the senators come back it yeah. ends and hey everything's going great everything's going great disaster right so the the arc of the episode is they had a goal and have thus far failed because w- wins and losses in the regular season do not matter okay. it's it's how the hot dogs made mm-hmm and what they discovered by the end of it is they make a bad hot dog. Well, we'll see that in episode two. Let's not <laughs> jump was, apart too head. That was weird. So <laughs> I thought it was great. So I thought it was very good. Why hot episode, you know, it's bad hot dog. Episode two of the All or Nothing reaction series for the Steve Nagel podcast will drop tomorrow. Episode three the day after and so on and so on until we get oh. five days into this thing. So be, look, be on the lookout. Those. You got your homework tonight. Watch episode two at least. Or watch them all on Amazon Prime. Uh, looking forward to getting into episode two because it's the follow from the Senator's disaster. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.